Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are across the globe. I am glad you're here for another episode of With Tamara Gondor, that's me. Today I have on an incredible everyday innovator. And you know, as I just keep saying, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of exuding excitement all the time, but I just, I've met so many amazing people across the globe doing what I do and with these podcasts and Today is no exception. I'm pretty sure you're going to love this podcast and this conversation and get a ton of insight out of it. So you might want to grab a notebook. Marcy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Tell the world who you are in the world that you're in. Well, hi, this is Marcy Eastman, Um, right? We're here in Denver and I am a real estate agent. I have been in real estate for 20 plus years. Um, I kind of stopped counting. Um, (laughs) And um, right, it's it's been uh, a wonderful, wonderful um, journey, um, different turns all throughout the way. But um, I'm actually from Oregon. I grew up, um, I did gymnastics growing up, uh, lived on a farm um, and moved down here probably about 25 years ago and lived in Boulder for a little while. Actually, Superior, we just had the fires. Um, I lived in that little town um, and been here in Denver um, previously with uh, Remax Cherry Creek um, for about 17 years. And then I have just switched over to the real estate company of Compass. So I've been there for just a bit. So I have to ask, because I feel like a lot of a lot of us from the outside looking in who are not kind of in the industry, look at the housing market and real estate and go, oh, my God, what is happening and you've been in it for so long, you have such great historical perspective, but also kind of vision going forward. How do you think that the real estate world has changed and or where do you think it's headed? Well, I would have to say us in the real estate world who've been doing this for a while are also looking at it going, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad it's not just us. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, it is super interesting, right? I, um, just from... our lack of inventory. But to be honest with you, you know, we sold as many homes last year in 2021 than we have the the previous uh, 10 years. It just feels like we have less inventory because it is being gobbled up so fast. You know, we do have so many people that are moving in from other states. um, And also our interest rates are so incredibly low that it's it's a perfect time for people to be purchasing, right? So instead of spending thousands and thousands of dollars on rent, you know, people can put that into a property. So, you know, all of those pieces coming together have really made this a a pretty amazing market because we do know this, right? Like real estate, you will always have, you you mostly will always have a house if everything else fails. It is a little bit of a perfect storm, isn't it? Of, you know, low inventory money is not free, but as free as it's going to get. 
And um, people are home and realizing, I really want a home I like because I'm actually here all the time. I was just laughing this morning because I was on an interview and um, my son Ari was leaving the house and I was like, open floor plans, not as good as they sound anymore. Like 2019, loved it. Now I'm like, oh, I don't know about this open floor plan idea. But but it's interesting to see how like, it's just all, it's all come together at the same, yeah. at the same time. Right. I think these last two years have shown us something, right? Like how important it is for your for your home, right? Yeah. To have people around you or or to be able to separate. I, I think I think you will start seeing that open floor plan. I, I've started seeing, you know, people need that office space, their fitness area, and how just how much more important the home has become. Yeah. Well, it really is all things, right? To your point, it's your gym, it's your office, it's your communal space, it's your restaurant, it's your hotel. Like it's not just where you go at the end of the day. Right. Right. Yes. It's interesting. I hadn't really thought of it like that before. So when you think about kind of the last couple of years or even where you're headed, what challenge, big challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? You know, so the biggest thing that I, I'm seeing actually is in in the transaction is people. You know, it's a very competitive market. We've got multiple offers, and once somebody gets under contract, it is kind of a war of um, I, I would say like attitudes. Maybe you know the sellers. The sellers are like. I don't need to do everything for you because I've got three other offers through the people that want to take, will take the house without me doing anything. The buyer is like, well, I just spent a lot of money and even paid over the price. You should take care of these things for me. So it's become a even more delicate balance of helping everybody realize how to get to the end that everyone's going that everyone how everyone's going to win right um so that that that's been really difficult in trying to figure out how to how to do that i i do think that that's one of the the biggest things as a real estate agent is is figuring out people's um what makes them tick right what what is their sweet spot um when you when you get a inspection notice, you know if there's four things on there, what is it that can make it so the buyers feel like they win, and the sellers feel like they win, right? Because we want it we we want it to be a great transaction. We want everyone to be happy. Um, so tr- really truly digging through and figuring out what that is. So I really like what you're saying in there, Marcy, because I think it's a lesson for all of us on thinking a little bit differently on what a win-win looks like. And if I hear you right, maybe that looked different four years ago when like that inspection report, for example, like, yeah, as the buyer, yeah, you're going to do those things. And the seller, you're like, I guess I got to do those things. And everybody still wins, but the the need and the motivation is different where now how you get to that win-win seems like it just, it looks different. Well, and it's true, you know, two, three years ago, we, I would say to people, you know, for your inspection list, only put health and safety related issues on there. Right. Because, things you really matter. Yes. Things yeah. that totally matter. Right now, it's like we put a health and safety issues together and, and hope that the seller will do those. 
right? Because, because our competition is so great now. I think in any or whatever industry you're in, this is a really great lesson in rethinking the motivators of the people on the other side of the table and how to serve those motivations. So I really appreciate what you're saying for that reason, because I'm even looking at my own world and thinking, well, I'm not in real estate, I'm in innovation, but what is that motivation from the people around me that's going to make them feel good about it? Because it's not the same as it was a year ago, five, I mean, five years ago is a whole nother world. So I don't even know what we talked about (laughs) in 2019 and before, but, but I really love that. And I hope if you're listening, you really are thinking about, all right, the motivations of the people across the table have changed, even though the end goal is the same, right? The sale of the house is the same. The end goal is the same, but how you get there has to change. Uh, I'm curious. And I, I just, in watching, I think you're so good at this, Marcy. How have you thought differently about serving your community or, or your clients? And whether that's through your marketing or how you represent them, how, how are you doing that now? Well, so uh, you know, building my business plan this year, one of the things that I really, really wanted to do is increase my social media because that is super important in everyone's life. Well, I am not doing a really good job at it. It scares me to death every single day. I have on my list, like do a video and I, I'm not doing very well, but you know, I, I'm trying to, my goal is to, to be, um, to teach people about the real estate process and the market and what's going on and, and letting people know and really being the expert, um, and that social media piece, everyone is just drawn to it now, right? Whether you're on Facebook or Instagram or trying to do a TikTok or Reels, um, you know, people, that's that's where most people are getting their information. And so I'm really I'm really trying hard to do that. But um, uh, what's the, the goal? Ten percent better every day. Yeah, oh, I like that. <laughs> I like ten percent because it's a little bit of a stretch, but still doable. I used to do one percent, but I felt like that was actually too easy. <laughs> Right. Well, that and right. so yeah. So that's why I'm I'm really trying hard um, on doing that, and you know that's definitely changed today from you know a couple of years ago. Um, and right, I think I think it's super important. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff Zoe is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. 
All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. I want to ask you about that 10% really quickly because I, I really like that as a, a guidepost for the day. Can you share an example of a moment where you're like, I need to give 10% more or 10% different and kind of how you did that? I'd love to hear how that translates into the real world. Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, you know, what I, um, you know, as far as like that social media social media posting, um, that is, you know, like last week I posted a video and then I talked to my teenage kid about how to add some, you know, some wording on there and the music and, you know, just little, little baby steps, each, each video that I'm posting, I'm hoping to do it a little bit better each time. Um, so I think that's kind of my best newest example and, um, maybe so trying well, that. I think that's a great example because you could have just put the video out there, but what I hear is, but I'm going to add just a little bit more to it, like a little music or a little, whatever it is that it takes to take it to just kind of the next level. I too asked my teenage son the other day for social media advice. So we're in the same boat on that one. And I don't, I I don't even consider myself like not savvy on social media. I'm okay, but they do and know stuff that I just blows my mind. And it's like second nature to them where I have to learn it. It, yes. Right. I'm like, I need you to show me, show me what this is. Cause I don't know what I don't know. And so I need them. I need them to do that. When I posted a video the other day, my kid um, was like, mom, that's very cringy. I was like, <laughs> help, me. <laughs> help me get better at that. <laughs> I was like, did you hear the information? He goes, that information was good. I was like, okay, let's do a little bit better. Help me. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, and I, I also love Marcy that, that, you're open to that. I don't want to say criticism, but that feedback and how to do it better, because I think that's the key to success in this world is just realizing I, I need help and to figure out how to do this a little bit better. I'm on the right path, but I don't have all the answers myself. Somebody else knows better. And in this case, it happens to be our teenage sons, but it could be your boss. It could be a client. It could be whomever. Right. Yes. I want to ask you about one thing in particular, because you started doing this a a little while ago, and it really, I think, spoke to me as a you know potential customer, or like a client out there. And that is, you started doing these newsletters, and I think on Facebook too, I saw where you would post new restaurants opening. Someone had a book signing, I think, or a bunch of different stuff in the neighborhood. And to me, that was really above and beyond what I would ever expect a real estate agent to do. But it also it did a couple things for me. I just have to say one, and I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but one is, um, it get, well, first of all, I was like, oh, there's a new restaurant in the neighborhood. I'm gonna go check it out. So that was one, but it gave me confidence that you knew the market and you weren't saying anything about real estate. You were talking about everything that's happening in the neighborhood. 
And secondly, which this one surprised me a little bit, it made it really easy for me to refer you because I would just forward your newsletter and be like, oh, you should call Marcy. She knows everything about this area. She's a great real estate agent. Even if it wasn't this area, I'd be like, oh, you should call Marcy because she's just like, she knows everything. And I'm curious when you, when you launched that marketing idea, what your thought was behind it. And I do think there's a lot of innovation in there because as simple as it kind of sounds, as I'm saying it out loud, I don't know that I've seen it with other real estate agents either. Well, I really, I I really feel that part of my business is to be a connector and to help different people at, right. Like at different parts and different things that we all do and different friends and different, um, right. Different exercise activities. Um, So I really I I love that part of my newsletter just because you're you're always promoting somebody and learning something new and write about this about our our area and there's always new restaurants or something new that's coming up that always surprises me and then I get to meet people as well right from like I just saw the other day there's a Pilates a new Pilates at the church it's like I lo- I love that somebody that that's their dream and that's what they want to do right and so um right yeah and you get to learn about everyone's so everyone's so interesting right that um and how they come about doing everything is interesting I love that you said that I I agree I mean it's why I love the podcast is because I get to hear from people what they're doing that's interesting and different and there's so many people doing it and uh all it takes is one person to shine the spotlight to your point about the Pilates at the church like oh I don't know that I would have known about that had you just not, you just not said that because I follow you, you know, as a person. Um, what is a big win or something that you're proud of? I, I know that I'm in the right business for me because I do love to help my clients. And when, when they see the right house, when we found the right house and their eyes light up, that, that is a win for me. I, 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 I really, I love it. And I, I love helping people get to that, that finish line. So that, that, as you had uh, me think about that, I was like, well, I, I really like this job. I like this for me. Um, one fun story that I have in real estate is a, a couple of years ago, probably three, four years ago. Now my clients purchased a property um, over in Hilltop and we purchased it for let's call it $1 million. And it was, there was another offer on the table at the same time. Well, they took our offer. Um, so my, my clients got that, moved into the house. Uh, three months later, the other people that had the other offer came to my clients and said, hey, we really want that house. We will give you $1.2 million if you sell us that house and we'll let you live there rent-free for the next six months. My clients were like, no, 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 that doesn't, no, not quite right. We like it here too. We like it here too, right? We, they just had their third child. Um, no joke. Six months later, that same family came back to them and said, no, no, we're serious. We really want to buy this house. We will give you $1.4 million. Oh my God. We'll let you live in the house rent-free for the next six months. And my clients were like, how about one, four, two, five? And they're like, yep. So my clients sold them the house. They didn't, they didn't even live there between that nine months. Oh my gosh. Their child and moved twice. But isn't that crazy? Like that's, that's a kind of a wild and crazy, but fun, fun story that I love to share with people. But yeah. 
And that doesn't that doesn't work for everybody because a lot of people fall in love with the, your home. This these clients happen to love wherever wherever. So what I really appreciate about that story too, aside from good for the family who held out and then made more money, so kudos to them. But also the other people, the one who really wanted it, good for them for finding a creative solution to make it happen to get what they wanted. And they clearly had the means to make that situation happen, but good for them. Like they didn't take the traditional path. They didn't just give up. They just kept coming back and saying, we want this out. Like good for them. Like, let's try this. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty innovative on their side too. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Right, because I was like, "What? We're not gonna sell." And my clients like, "Yeah, we are. Okay, <laughs> okay, let's do it." It just goes to show you, right? There's always a way. There's always a way. You should always ask. This is what I tell my kids all the time. You should always ask. Right. right? The worst I can say is no. Yeah, absolutely. And ask more than once, right? Because they these guys asked a couple different times. That's a great point. That no isn't always no. It really is often no, not right now. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's all about situation, right? Yes. So, right. Like I know there's a bunch of people right now that want to, to move, to be closer to families. And there's some people that want to move away from their family. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, it, they just, you just got to be in the right spot and help figure out how to solve that problem, how to solve it for people. Well, that in itself, Marcy, I think is great advice about creative problem solving. I'm like, I just got to figure out how to make this happen so that I get what I need out of it. But I solve a problem for the person on the other side of the table, too. And we often forget that. Um, I want to ask you, it's a little bit of an offshoot question. But, you know, the thing that's fascinating about the real estate world, the agent side of it, is that there's no barrier to entry. So anyone can jump in. And I I think in the last couple of years, I have seen a a lot of people jump in and then not do well. So they jumped out. And But it creates a lot of noise and clutter and confusion in the marketplace. I think for those of us trying to hire the real estate agent, when you've just got like this barrage of people coming at you, how do you think about standing out from the noise that's out there. And, and, you know, Marcy, I know that you've been in this business a long time, like you said in the beginning, and you have an incredible reputation and all that certainly plays to it. When you think about the totality of it, are there other ways or pieces of advice you could give to other people who maybe are really good in their industry, but the noise is getting so loud that they've got to do things a little bit differently to continue to have that edge? Um, Well, kind of a couple different things there With, with the real estate I think it's just like every other industry. It's that 80-20 rule, like 20% of the agents do 80% of the business. You know, a lot of the a lot of the agents that there's 21,000 registered real estate agents in the Denver metro area. Oh my God. Mind what is that like? That? One eighth of a home per right. real estate so, agent? Oh. Yeah, but but the stat is um the the bottom 20, the bottom 80% do one deal a year. Mm. One deal a that's year. That's like nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Right. And that's like helping your brother or your sister. But I'm not, I, I think that's a super important question because when you go to sell the most important asset of you that you have, you don't want somebody that does it one time a year. Right. That that's the uh, um so that's a great question to ask the people that you're how many? Yes, how many that have you done this? Um, how many transactions have you ever done, right? Um, and then your other question was the what, um, 
Oh, I forgot the second. Like, how do you stand out? How do you make sure that you're, you're keeping your differentiating points out there when it's just so much noise? There is. Well, I I do think that um, that's, I do, I'm very happy that over the 20 years that so my dad always told me, don't burn a bridge, right? So that's how the, the other real estate agents have become super important in this transaction, right? Working with everybody right now to get us all to the finish line. I always say, you know, we're all jumping in this boat together. We all got to row in the same direction. So we get to that finish line. Um, so I'm going to add to that too, Marcy, I think. And this is true across industries, which is why kind of bubbled up for me when you were talking is, you know, you shared these stories of these kind of creative transactions. And I think it's important to ask them, like you said, how many have you done, but also what situations have you dealt with that haven't been cut and dry and how have you dealt with them? Um, Cause I have seen it where people have hired someone who uh, wasn't as versed as you are, and they just couldn't figure out how to solve a problem. And then the client was doing all the work. And that's not really why you hire someone, right? Or have them on your team. But I, and I think that that though, for all of us is a great lesson of like, when you're, when you're connecting with people, figure out not just their years of experience, but how they're able to handle those new challenges and those new problems that come up as the marketplace around you, whatever it is, changes too. Yeah. Right. Because every single transaction that I have done has been a little bit different. Because we're working with people. We're, we're working with people with their just asset. And, and emotions. Heightened emotions, right? So it, um, yeah, so working with the other agent and figuring out how to, how to solve for everybody's X. Yeah, yeah. And that X has changed. So I, I want to bring up, because you've just, I think in so many ways you have kind of spoken it, but your everyday innovator style is collaborative, imaginative. And I got to say, when I got that in, I was not surprised. I was like, of course, she uses those things. So collaborative is all about pulling disparate people and ideas and experiences together to find that intersection that creates kind of new thinking, thinking and new ideas. Um, and the imaginative is all about novel, like doing it differently, maybe in ways that have never been done before. Um, it's all about playing in the gap. So that collaborative imaginatives like you bring whole novel innovation to the table. And I hear that in what you're saying about, you know, helping your clients kind of pulling a little bit here and a little bit there and about creating new solutions that didn't exist before to get to that same end goal. So I just have to say, Marcy, it's really cool to hear. I'm like, oh yeah, of course she's that. Like I hear it and I hear how you leverage that maybe unintentionally, but leveraged it to, to have a really strong advantage in the world that you're in. Yeah. I'm glad that you had me do that. Cause I, I was like, oh, that, that's that kind of describes me perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully in any assessment should be the point, right? You should never be like, I'm not sure about that. Like it should be like, oh yeah. And you know, the goal of the assessment for those listening isn't to necessarily tell you something you don't know, although it does sometimes, but to more help you understand how to leverage what you're already good at and maybe not using. And that, that's why I love the assessment. So Marcy, I'm curious as a collaborative imaginative, what advice do you have for other everyday innovators of all different types to help them do what you've done, which is really, I think, innovate and do it in a meaningful way that keeps you on the kind of leading edge of your market? I would, I, you know, for, for me, what has been most important is to make choices and make decisions that I can live with. Um, I know some clients have always, oh, let's do it this way, which seemed a little like cutting some corners. And I I didn't build my reputation cutting corners. Um, that's how other agents know, you know, 
now, now 20 years into this, that has been an important part. So I know when I, when an agent, um, when I show a house and I bring an offer, that agent knows my style, that we will be on the up and up and that we will close and everything will, every, everyone will be happy with the transaction at the end. So I think that that's been, that's been important to me for my, for my business to, to love to love it so I can continue to do it. I feel like short-term cuts create long-term pain. Yeah. And I like it. You think of the other way around. I, I prefer the short-term pain and the long-term gains, <laughs> frankly. All right, Marcy, I got one last question for you. This has been so great. This is the personal question. What's one thing we'd be surprised to learn about you? Uh, I said this earlier. I grew, well, there's two things. One, I ski and I snowboard. But um, I was asking my girlfriends this morning and I need to let you know that I grew up on a farm in Oregon and I used to show pigs in 4-H during the summer. Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. Do you feel like though, everyone I know who grew up on a farm and did those 4-H things got incredible leadership and problem solving skills out of it. Now I grew up in the city or I grew up in East Bay in California. So I, I have no experience with that, but everyone I've talked to about it has talked about it lovingly and has said what they learned. Is that true? I would say that. For example, uh, this, I was doing something for the East high school after prom and I had this big sheet of wood and I was pulling it out of this truck and this gentleman stopped and he goes, you grew up on a farm, didn't you? And I was like, well, I did. He goes, I saw, I saw you, you saw that that needed to be taken care of and you took care of it. I was like, yes, yes. I called my dad right away. I was like, oh my God, I just got the best compliment. <laughs> but it's true, right? You figure you see something that needs and you just figure out, figure it out and take care of it. It has just been a common theme with everyone I know who ranch farm, like just that lifestyle just lends itself to having to be a really good problem solver and a really strong initiator. So I did, I wasn't happy with my dad when he moved me to the farm in middle school, but I, it did serve me well. <laughs> upon reflection, upon <laughs> reflection. <laughs> Marcy, thank you so much for joining me. As I said, I, I always kind of admire how you do business and I'm thrilled that you were able to come on and share your wisdom with the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, love. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.